This is Bing Su from China, and you are listening to Everybody ESL. Welcome to episode 116 of Everybody ESL, the podcast for everybody who wants to improve their English, practice their English, or just learn more English. My name is Ben, and I have another good episode for you today. We're going to talk about grammar and vocabulary and small talk and a lot more. You can subscribe to the Everybody ESL podcast at Apple Podcasts. On the Stitcher app and wherever you find your podcasts. If you like Everybody ESL, leave it a good review so other people can find out about it too. And if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions for me, please send an email to everybodyesl at gmail.com. Okay, let's get on with this episode. This episode's vocabulary words are all about being tired or sleepy, and the first word on our list is drowsy. Drowsy, d r o w s y, drowsy. To me, drowsy is a positive word. When I imagine somebody who is drowsy, I picture somebody who is pleasantly sleepy. When I am drowsy. I am relaxed and comfortable and ready to go to sleep. The next word feels a little bit different to me. The next word is groggy, groggy, G-R-O-G-G-Y, groggy. To me, groggy is kind of a negative word. Groggy to me means tired and weak and confused. Maybe you take some medicine. That makes you feel too tired, and you feel that you cannot think clearly. That is a groggy feeling, when you feel confused or disoriented. Maybe you wake up from a nap, and you don't feel relaxed and rested and comfortable. Instead, you feel too tired and confused. That is groggy. The next word is exhausted. Exhausted. E x h a u s t e d, exhausted. If you are exhausted, you are completely tired. All of your energy is gone. It has all been used up. To exhaust means to use all of something, to use it until it is all gone. So if you feel completely tired, you have no more energy left. You are. Exhausted. All of your energy has already been used. Now the next word is similar. It is fatigued. Fatigued. F A T I G U E D. Fatigued. Fatigued just means very, very tired. I think fatigued sounds a little bit fancier than some of these other words. I think fatigued has more of a formal kind of feeling. I don't usually hear this word in regular conversation, and I don't use it 
in regular conversation either. Now here's a phrase you might have heard. Dead on your feet. Dead on your feet. D-E-A-D on, O-N, your feet, F-E-E-T. Dead on your feet. If you are dead on your feet, it means that even though you are doing something, maybe you are at work or you're engaged in some kind of activity, you are so tired that it is like you are dead. Even though you are walking around and maybe doing your job, maybe talking to people, it's like you're still somehow dead. You are dead on your feet. Even though you're standing, even though you are on your feet, you are dead. How about this word, lethargic? Lethargic. L-E-T-H-A-R-G-I-C. Lethargic. Lethargic means slow and lazy, not able to act quickly, or not wanting to act quickly. And that is very similar to the next word, sluggish. Sluggish. S-L-U-G-G-I-S-H. Sluggish. Sluggish means slow and lazy and not acting quickly or not thinking quickly. It means acting like a slug. You know what a slug is? A slug is a little animal that's like a snail with no shell. That's a slug. And slugs are famous for moving very, very slowly. And the last item on our list is another phrase, wiped out. Wiped out. W-I-P-E-D-O-U-T. If you are wiped out, it means that all of your energy has been wiped out. It has all been removed. It's gone. So wiped out means completely tired. You have nothing left. There's no fuel left in your gas tank. If you are wiped out, you are just done. All right, well, that is our list of sleepy and tired vocabulary words. Today's grammar lesson is part one of a new series about gerunds. Do you know what gerunds are? Gerund is G-E-R-U-N-D. A gerund is a special form of a verb. And it is a special form of a verb that acts like a noun. Now, before we talk about gerunds and how to use them, let me give you this piece of good news. Some of this lesson might be complicated, but here's one thing that is simple, and that is how to form a gerund. Because forming a gerund is very simple. All you need to do is add ing to the verb. That's it, ing. So if you want to make the gerund form of the verb to do, well, that's doing, d-o-i-n-g. If you want to make the gerund form of the verb to go, that's going, g-o-i-n-g. Now, it's true because English spelling is often confusing and difficult and annoying. It does get a little bit more complicated than that. There are times when you might have to double a letter. For instance, the gerund of the word nap, 
N-A-P, is N-A-P-P-I-N-G. You need to double that P. So I guess that's something that makes it a little more complicated. I'm not going to talk about that now. Maybe I will talk about this in a future episode. This is just one complicated part about English spelling. But still, forming gerunds is very simple. All right, now I told you that a gerund is a form of a verb that acts like a noun. What do I mean by that? How do we use nouns? Well, we use them in lots of different ways. For instance, a noun can be the subject of a sentence. Or a noun can be the object of a verb. The same is true for gerunds. So a gerund can be the subject of a sentence, like this one. Sleeping late on the weekends is my favorite thing to do. Sleeping late on the weekends is my favorite thing to do. There you see the gerund sleeping. That's the gerund form of the verb to sleep. Sleeping works like a noun in this sentence. It works like the subject. Sleeping late on the weekends is my favorite thing to do. A gerund can also be the object of a verb, like this one. I like eating chocolate. I like eating chocolate. There you see the gerund of eat, eating, is used as the object of the verb to like. I like eating chocolate. What do I like? Eating chocolate. So here we see that gerund is just a special form of the verb that works like a noun. Let me show you some more examples of sentences with gerunds as the subject. Swimming is great exercise. Swimming is great exercise. There you see the gerund swimming working as the subject of the sentence. What is great exercise? Swimming is great exercise. How about this one? Walking is good for you. Walking is good for you. Again, you can see the same kind of word, this same kind of gerund, working as the subject of this sentence. What is good for you? Walking is good for you. And here's one more. Playing tennis is harder than it looks. Playing tennis is harder than it looks. There we see the gerund of the verb to play, playing, and that is the subject of the sentence. Playing tennis is harder than it looks. Well, that's the end of this first part of our series about gerunds. And in future parts of this series about gerunds, I will teach you more about gerunds and how to use them. Today's small talk topic, or social situation, is one that you have probably experienced before. Here's what I'm thinking of. You are out somewhere doing errands, or maybe you are at school, or maybe you're at work. You could be doing anything, and somebody offers to help you. Maybe your hands are full, and somebody offers to open a door for you, or somebody offers to carry something for you or somebody offers help in some other way. They're just being polite and friendly and offering help. But you don't need help. Maybe, for whatever reason, you don't even want help. You just want to 
take care of the situation on your own and go about your business and get on with your day. Well, what do you do if someone offers help and you do not want their help and you want to refuse their help? How do you do that in a polite way? How do you do that in a friendly way? Because if somebody is offering to help you, well, that's a very friendly gesture and you don't want to respond in a rude or impolite way. Of course you don't. So what do you do? How do you respond? What is the right way to say no thank you? That was part of the answer right there. Because the first thing you should say is no thank you. Now that way you are acknowledging that the person was being friendly and offering to help. And then after you say no thank you, you can say something like I can do it or I can do it myself or I've got it. In that situation, if you say, I've got it, that means I can take care of this on my own. Or this is something that I can do by myself. And if you say these things with a friendly voice and a smile, then the other person will not be offended or insulted. They will just think, oh, their help is not needed because you can take care of the situation by yourself. So if somebody says, oh, let me get that for you. Let me hold that for you. Oh, can I help you in this way? And you are not interested in being helped. All you need to do is say, oh, no, thank you. I've got it. Or no, thank you. I can do it. Or no, thank you. I can do it by myself. And remember, say it with a smile. Say it in a friendly way. And that is a perfectly polite way to respond. And now it's time for the joke of the week. That's right, the joke of the week. Here is this week's joke. What kind of key opens a banana? What kind of key opens a banana? Should we think about this for five or ten minutes and try and solve this mystery? No, let's not. Let me just tell you the answer. What kind of key opens a banana? A monkey. A monkey. A monkey. You know, like the animal. A monkey. M-O-N-K-E-Y. Monkey sounds like a kind of a key, kind of, and it's also an animal that loves to open bananas. Monkeys love to peel bananas and eat bananas. So what kind of key opens a banana? A monkey. Now, if you listen to Everybody ESL often, you might recognize this joke. It's very similar to our last joke of the week that was also about monkeys. Will the next joke of the week also be about keys and monkeys? I don't know. You will have to listen to the next episode with a joke and see if it's another monkey joke. It's time for the listening quiz. Here's how it works. I have four sentences here, and I'm going to read each one pretty quickly. I'm going to read each one the same way I would say them if I was talking to another native English speaker. And I want you 
to see how much you can understand, even when I speak quickly. Can you still understand every word? Can you understand these sentences? If you need to go back and listen to these sentences several times, many times, a hundred times, that's fine. Listen to them as many times as you like to see how much you can understand. And after I have read the sentences at this quick speed, I will read them again much more slowly and explain any interesting or unusual vocabulary or grammar. Okay, are you ready? Well, here is sentence number one. I worked in the garden all day and now I'm exhausted. I worked in the garden all day and now I'm exhausted. Sentence number two. Can I help you carry those heavy packages? Can I help you carry those heavy packages? Sentence number three. Her doctor told her to eat a banana every day, but she can't stand them. Her doctor told her to eat a banana every day, but she can't stand them. Sentence number four. He's always nervous about going to the dentist. He's always nervous about going to the dentist. Okay, well, how was that? Was that too fast? Was it hard to catch every word as it went by? Well, now I'm going to read those same sentences much more slowly, and I think it will be much easier for you to understand them. Sentence number one. I worked in the garden all day. And now, I'm exhausted. I worked in the garden all day, and now I'm exhausted. And there is one of this episode's vocabulary words, exhausted. I am completely tired. I have no energy left. Sentence number two. Can I help you? carry those heavy packages? Can I help you carry those heavy packages? Sentence number three. Her doctor told her to eat a banana every day, but she can't stand them. Her doctor told her to eat a banana every day, but she can't stand them. Do you know that expression, not to be able to stand something? If you can't stand something, it means you can't tolerate it. You can't bear it. You hate it. If you can't stand something, that means you have very strong feelings about it. Very strong negative feelings. The person in this sentence was told by her doctor to eat a banana every day, but she can't stand bananas. She hates bananas. To her, bananas are terrible. And sentence number four. He is always nervous about going to the dentist. He is always nervous about going 
to the dentist. Now, do you see what we have in this sentence? We have a gerund, the gerund going. And here, that gerund going is used as the object of the preposition about. He is always nervous about what? What is he always nervous about? He is always nervous about going to the dentist. So you can see that gerund is working like a noun. It's the object of the preposition about. Okay, well that is this episode's listening quiz. How did you do? And that is the end of episode 116 of Everybody ESL. Remember, if you have any questions about English, or if you have comments or suggestions for me about the podcast, or if you would like to record an introduction that I can use at the beginning of future episodes, the same way Bing Su recorded the introduction you heard at the beginning of this episode, send an email to everybodyesl at gmail.com. I'll be back soon with another episode. And until then, keep going, keep practicing, and keep learning. Goodbye. I'll see you soon.